As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Monday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials, go there. Join the militia. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you. With Syracuse basketball on a brief hiatus, we're here to give you our thoughts on that season going forward. And as as well as the early signing day stuff. So uh, that was 15th through the 17th of last week. We watched a bunch of those roll in. How many was all, all together, Joe? 13? You don't know, do you? 13, I think 14, actually. Okay. With the transfer? Yeah. Okay. And there was a late punter, or long snapper, excuse me. No punter? You're right. Both. One of each. One of each, one of each, one of each. Well, I don't remember the long snapper, but... Yeah, that was, uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, I thought I had him on my list for you. No, I don't think he was. So uh, was... Ethan Stangle. So, yeah, anyways, um, so we talked about Michael Jones. I don't think we did. Really? Yeah. He's okay, returning. well, he's, he's returning, so that's really good news. Yes, yes. Um, so, yes. leading tackler for Syracuse last year. And a huge, a huge part of that defense, as well as the leadership on the field and experience, and he's decided to come back, which is I obviously hope Garrett a huge. Does too. What's that? Hope Garrett Williams does too. But yeah, so that's still up in the air. Uh, obviously, that would be a that would be a huge loss as far as uh, secondary goes. But um, Michael Jones coming back is amazing. As a pleasant surprise, and I'm just glad he made it official sooner than later. So that's, that's something to look forward to. As, you know, you look at this recruiting class so far for 2022, and, I mean, it's not, it's not like jumping off the table to me. So, uh, I mean, yeah. that's just me, and I'm not – and so, so you know, I mean, if, if, if you haven't listened long enough, um, Joe's more – I can watch ta- – I watch tape – and I get excited about everybody. That's that's how I that's how I do it. We all know that it's not reality, and I know that too. That's why I always preface the tape stuff. But um, just you know, I mean, I feel like it's incomplete, obviously. And hitting yeah. the transfer portal super hard is going to be a must here soon. And also, not just that, but the coaching issues with you know Joe. Um, might as well do that real quick. Bronco yeah, Mendenhall well, stepping down. Say, so, 
I think that it's a situation where um, they had the guys that you know they really liked. I think we had some some surprises on signing day that added to that. And uh, like he said uh, in his presser, he's only halfway through. So, I mean, I, I think we still have somewhere between eleven and thirteen scholarships that we can give. Probably when it's all said and done, and you know we still got guys uh, that are in the transfer portal that you know they don't have to decide until the summer of next year right so yeah there's no there's no right so i mean we're going for some guys i know jared verse is one of the guys that they're talking about the 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 dn from albany Albany, that um we're going for but he's starting to get recruited hard by bigger schools and um you know uh dino babers was talking to matt park and said you know he's they got their transfer portal wish list but i think a lot of this too is you know you want to keep those options open for i mean for instance um just talking about it, like you said, the coaching right now, you know, we know we have an offensive um, coordinator vacancy. And right now they're saying that they're looking at um, former Virginia offensive coordinator, Robert and I, and the current quarterback coach, Jason Beck uh, from Virginia as well. So, you know, we all know Brock and Mendenhall, he, he stepped down and uh, they're going to be going through a coaching change. And, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, you got a situation where I mean, these guys were recruit recruiters at Virginia, right? So now you have a situation where you can bring in these these two coaches. And, and I mean, by the way, just to let you know a little bit of background with them, um, Robert and I was um, came up as an offensive coordinator and um, inside receiver coach, slot receiver coach for a while. And from 2013 to 2015, he was the offensive coordinator at BYU and Jason Beck was the quarterback coach. And then they both went from BYU to Virginia and they were both the um, exact same, you know, uh, positions at BYU that they were in Virginia from 2016 until current. So these are guys that have, you know, two guys that have been together for, you know, eight years and uh, you know that they're part of recruiting. And if you can get these guys in here, um, I'm sure that there were some guys that were recruiting for Virginia um, and some people that were talking about that they could probably maybe flip or uh, get to come to Syracuse. So I think um, finding an offensive coordinator and finding those type of coaches so that you know, um, and also no matter what, even if it's whether it's Virginia or whether it's somewhere else, these coaches that they're going to bring in had been recruiting for this other school, right? So um, that's going to give us some some advantages to maybe some players that we weren't recruiting or were talking to at that point. So to keep that part open and to be able to also right now you have it up till what the first Wednesday in February or something like that, to, you know, still recruit high school players. So you can go and find diamonds in the rough and stuff like that. So, I mean, I look at it as, you know, they're keeping their options open and uh, they got the guys that they think are going to help them. Uh, he's returning 17 to 22 starters. So, you know, you got the starters kind of on lock, you know, but you need to fill that kind of depth for special teams and just in case of injuries and stuff like that. So they're trying to pick the guys that are going to best fit those positions. So um, I'm going to give them some patience. I'm going to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt, but uh, hopefully we can find uh, new coaches for these positions and they can bring maybe some more options to the table. And uh, as long as they fill those spots and get the depth, uh, then I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not looking for an overnight change. All I'm saying is, is that if it doesn't improve, it's going to be even worse next year, despite some of the returning players. But right. there's plenty of time. And as yeah. we all know, this doesn't end. Uh, it goes all the way through till God knows when. Uh, actually, it never ends. It doesn't ever stop. It doesn't ever stop. Next year's recruits and everything, obviously. Right. 
you know, they have uh, obviously high school and junior college players have a time limit right now. And obviously transfers go a little bit longer. So keeping your options open and keeping the available scholarships isn't going to kill us right now. Uh, if there wasn't people out there or players out there in the, the high school pool that they, that we thought we were going to help, you know, we, like I said, we have the starters, we have a good core of, you know, freshmen coming in. And now it's trying to figure out, you know, where we need to fit in the pieces and where we need a little bit more experience, where we might hit the transfer portal. And again, like I said, whatever coaches they bring in, they're going to bring in some players that they're recruiting. Yeah, absolutely. Which is the. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Plus side of that, but I, yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. Let's talk <laughs> about first before we get started into the rest of the football news, and then we'll get into the um, national signing day stuff. Um, Spotify green room. If you have not yet been to your iOS or Android store and downloaded this app, just so you know, if you haven't heard me say a thousand times, it's free. Go there, download the app. All you need is a username and email address and a password. Sign up. Follow us at Cuse Militia. Uh, you can go there at Cuse Militia, follow us, and you'll get signed up for notifications. If you sign up for notifications, you will get notified per sign up for notica- notifications. So, so that means. <laughs> you'll get notified when we go live. We usually go live during fan feedback. Try to keep it just during fan feedback um, so you guys can get on there and give us your thoughts. If you decide to get on there, you can either just eavesdrop in, you can chat, or you can request to speak if you request to speak. And I approve it. A little red microphone will hover above your icon or on your icon. You go ahead and hit that thing and say what you want to say. And uh, if you've been listening for a while, you've either already called in and done this or you've heard it. So it's really fun, good way to, for us to get involved with all of you guys. And I'm, I am a little disappointed in myself for not getting some of the uh, fan feedback stuff out for uh, the National Signing Day stuff. So uh, that's on me. Look, it's on me. I took a week off, and everything goes to hell. You know how you know how it is. So, and I'm a little dis, I'm a little, I'm a little depressed with the Syracuse basketball situation, which we'll get into. So, anyways, go to your iOS or Android stores now. Download the app; it's free. Sign up. Follow us at Cuse Militia, and sign up for notifications so you know when we go live. All right. Okay, real quick, Joe. Uh, so we talked about Michael Jones out of order. We talked about the coaches out of order. And uh, the only thing left here on that front would be Chase Atkinson. So um, he's entered the transfer portal. And, um, you know, he's been with us two years, DB. He's been with us two years and hasn't really acquired any stats. So obviously that's clear cut why uh, he's going to enter the portal and, and go ahead mm-hmm. and make moves out. So we wish him luck. And you know, yeah. just don't, you know I'll tell you what, some of these transfers have—he's the fifteenth, by the way, for, which I didn't know that number until I read it uh, f- 
at Syracuse SI. It's the 15th right. orange player to enter the portal. Yeah. Well, some of these transfers, I mean, like I said, sometimes they're just not good fits. doesn't mean that they're – so a lot of these players are probably going to end up in lower schools. But you're seeing, like, I mean, Tommy DeVito went to Illinois. Uh, Tosh Harris is going to go to a Power 5 school if he doesn't get out of – as long as he doesn't, you know, gets out of his own way. Um, what is it? Landon Morris, uh, he transferred to Utah. Luke Benson, I think, transferred to Georgia Tech. Jeff Cantonarku transferred to Memphis. So, I mean, these are all decent schools. So, um, you can tell, I mean, these guys, they were, they were good. They were good recruits, good players. But uh, for some reason, they just weren't a fit. Yeah. Luke Benson to Georgia Tech. That's a, th- those ones always burn a tiny bit. <laughs> the ones in, in conference? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, if, you, if, you do, if you're interested, there is a transfer portal tracker. I think I mentioned it last episode. Yep. Um, on uh, Mike McAllister's Syracuse SI page, and everything there is updated. Pre- I mean, pretty much every day. It was last updated Saturday, so um, you know where to go for all of that. Uh, as I mentioned before, the the latest one is this uh, long snapper Ethan Stangle. He's committed to Syracuse as a preferred walk on. He announced this yesterday. Uh, he's the forty third best long snapper in the twenty twenty two recruiting cycle by Cole's performance camps, according to Mike McAllister. 61220. So uh long snapper in okay. the works. All right. So all right. With that said, let's start with with the I'm gonna go in order from first to whatever. And Joe as far as signed? As far as signed, yes. National signing day. Um all of this stuff, all of my information. I just like to cite it. I and mean, guys, I gotta be honest with you. If it's football, it's probably gonna be from Syracuse Sports Illustrated over there, and it's just easy. If you guys want to know anything about these recruits, there's a profile for every player, and you can get all the information you need. But Or you can just listen to us, and we'll just let Joe talk because Joe's a whole lot better at this than I am. <laughs> and to be honest, guys, when there's no games, I'm stir-crazy. I, I, I have no real huge sense of urgency to – Come do the show. I've got to be honest. It's tough. It's tough. Joe loves it. Joe's been chomping at the bit. So, all right, let's start with Makai Mason, linebacker, 6'2", 220 pounds, out of Florida. Offers from Florida State, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Louisville, LSU, uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, and West Virginia. So, um, good pass rusher, okay? All of the tape is at the top of each one of these profiles. You can sit there and watch that as you read. And, yep. um does I mean all all the tape's good and all these guys okay Joe? But, yeah, what do you, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean you look at this guy and he does he looks like a grown man. Uh, he's got the speed, the athleticism, the size already to look like he can come in and, and help. And and honestly, uh, just more and more. I mean, it's hard for me to. I mean, he's from Florida. I mean, most of these Florida guys come in and they and they impress. So. Um, I'm excited. Uh, we don't need him to come in and be a world beater, but if he can come in and, and, and kind of take the mentorship of Mikel Jones and maybe be ready to take over when Mikel leaves after next year, uh, then uh, that would be great. So this is a guy that's probably going to be able to come in, help on special teams, and, I mean, I'm definitely excited for this guy. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if Makai Mason, I think he's kind of a guy that can, if he gets acclimated, He'll get some play, and we'll we'll see Makai Mason, don't you think, as a freshman? No, uh, I mean I think that you'll definitely see him out there, uh, definitely at least f- for special teams. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, and, and to preface all this too, just to let a lot of people know, um, a majority of these, these players are, are multi-sport athletes, captains of their teams, like just, they love football. Um, they just, and, and that's kind of the players that, that Dino and, and his staff has tried to, you know, recruit. So when I look at such a small recruiting class as well, I look at guys that kind of fit and check all of those boxes. So um, I don't want to sit here and regurgitate that for every single guy because right. almost every single one of these guys are team captains. But um, those are the type of guys that they have, and they love football, and, uh, you know, they um, – they're going to come in, and like I said, all team captains. So it tells a little bit of character about the players. That's all. Dom Foster, defensive back, 6'2", 180, out of Ohio, Boston College, Virginia, Wake Forest were some other offers that he had. Um, he's got a receiver background in high school, and uh, 6'2", 180. Got a couple of decent size. Um, this might be out of order, by the way. Uh, a couple of decent size uh, defensive backs, man, in this, well, in this group. Yeah, and this guy is another, I mean, probably one of the more guys I'm excited about, probably even more than Makai, but, um, you know, being ranked 25th in the state, in the state of Ohio, football in Ohio is really, you know, really, really good, and, um, you know, according to 247 Sports, he's the second best uh, recruit that we have, but uh, he played receiver and he played um, defensive back, and he's labeled as an athlete, so this is a guy that uh, can go either way and i still think that uh his position is um is up in the air as far as if he's going to play a receiver or a safety or a corner or something like that but the one thing about this guy which you'll hear me say about a couple of guys uh, in this recruiting classes this guy's got speed really really fast like uh, i'm pretty positive that you know whichever side of the ball he plays on then we're going to see that we're going to see the difference Cornell Perry, defensive back, 6'1", 180, offers from Bowling Green, Buffalo, Central Michigan, Toledo. So not a ton of huge offers there. Um, another defensive back, Joe, um, not quite as big as Dom Foster. What do you think? No, yeah, no, but he's a little bit lengthy, uh, 6'1", 175. Um, he played receiver as well, and he also played defensive back. He's also labeled an athlete in two four seven sports. Um, but I think that this guy's got a defensive back written all over him, um, possibly a safety position. Just the way he comes down downhill, I mean, watching his tape, coming downhill, attacking uh, the run game, helping with the run game, and being able to still have the, you know, the length to, to make the plays in, in pass breakups uh, in the pass game. Um, he was one of our first um, recruits, I believe. I think he might have been the first commit. And um, he's been solid the whole way. I think high-character guy. Might not help us the first year, but, um, you know, one year in the, you know, the weight room and getting big, uh, you know, he's uh, he's going to help us. Uh, Adam, uh, Michigan, by the way. I think I missed yep. that. Um, let's see. Belazare Bassett, defensive tackle, 6'2", 270, offers from Cincinnati, Illinois, Iowa State, Pittsburgh, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, and Washington State. Um, he's a big fan of the three, three, five. So that's huge. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, he's pushing, pushing 300 pounds, which is good. But, um, you know, I don't know if this, if this fits in right away, but definitely needed much needed defensive tackle. Yeah. And that, again, that's one of those positions where I feel like they're going to hit the transfer portal with, cause I know that we're a little light there. 
Uh, but it's nice to see that he does have the size. Uh, now, six, six, what, one and a half is a little short, but yeah. at the end of the day, it helps him get a little bit lower under the pads. And the big thing about this guy is, is like they talk about just, just how fast he is off the ball, like his twitch and everything like that. So um, very fast off the ball, point of attack, getting being able to get the hands um, on the offensive lineman and being, possibly being able to get lower because of you know his, his size. So uh, you never know uh, with um, – defensive lineman and whether or not you know we saw terry lockett come in and he helped us this year as a true freshman and i don't think he was is uh didn't have 270 like this guy so i guess his nickname is benzo and um that's easier to say yeah very easy to say right <laughs> way easier um we've had other player i can't think off the top of my head who we've gotten before from american heritage but um we have had players um from there i think i want to say antoine cordy for some reason, I want to say that, but I may be completely wrong. Um, but either way, uh, this guy eventually is definitely going to help us on that defensive line because he seems like that nose tackle type that's just not afraid to get in there. And again, like I said, it's all about off the ball type stuff. That's that's what they're saying his his strength is. So obviously, there's you know weaknesses because he's only a three star, right? But at the end of the day, um, again, I don't, I'm not going to question guys from Florida. Quan Peterson is next on the list. Defensive back, six one one eighty again. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned the dual, the um, dual sport athletes, Quan Peterson, um, with the basketball skills as well. Oh yeah, he uh, they actually won a state championship at his high school uh, for basketball. Um, and again, six one one seventy five corner, uh, ranked seventeenth in the state overall as a player. Um, just a great athlete. He's got the uh, the length and and the ball skills. You know, I think again playing basketball and. and being a multi-sport athlete, I think helps in certain aspects. So again, a little light, going to have to add some weight, but uh, his ball skills, and I, I think he's got everything to have the makeup of a, of a lockdown corner. He just needs to get a little bigger. Yeah, and speaking of getting a little bigger, Joe Cruz, offensive line, 6'6", but 280. Joe, for the offensive line, I think probably needs to put on some weight. Other notable offers, according to Syracuse SI, Lafayette, and Stony Brook. Um, out of New York, though. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing is I think that this is a situation where they saw somebody because they know. I mean, how many offensive linemen did we pick up last year? <laughs> they were just like just seven or something. Constantly right? I mean, offensive so, linemen. Yes, right. So we had so many. Um, so I think that we're a little we're deep there, and we still got starters coming back and everything like that. So I think that the two offensive linemen that we took this um, this recruiting period, I think they basically were guys that they thought they would definitely that they could fit in were perfect for their scheme but after two years of maybe learning the system and getting a little stronger you know what i mean but this guy yeah. I mean, he's athletic he's athletic and um they, they say that he's got some some things with you know being able to you know move and bend and get to different levels that uh, you know offensive lineman needs to do especially at six six so you know defensive players don't get lower than him all the time uh that you just you know they just come natural and you can't teach so you know that's a that's a positive that, that you want to hear about that but i mean other than that you know when you look at his he's still a three-star but um you know from long island in new york maybe you know he got overlooked a little bit number eight player in the state and, i'm hoping so know. but 280 it's a little light in the loafers. that's a little light right now but at the end of the day i mean he's still a freshman in high school and absolutely you no know, like i said he was the eighth ranked player in the state and there's fans and people that get on coach all the time about not you know 
recruiting in state. state. So, you know, this is uh, a guy that they think that they can turn into something someday, and it's not going to be tomorrow, but a couple years right, he, uh, exactly. possibly could help. Right. Uh, Jeremiah Wilson, defensive back uh, out of Florida, 5'11", 175 pounds. Other offers from Arizona, Iowa State, Washington State. Uh, he he has some some skill turning over the ball. Six interceptions and three forced fumbles. So he's a ball hawk. And oh yeah, that's that's a lot of what we lacked last year. Now and does he's you know I mean we lacked it last year. We need someone to develop into you know someone that can turn the ball over. It was one of our our biggest downfalls from. 2020 to 21, I'd say, was a notable difference in the yeah. lack of turnovers. Yep. And and he made up the third and, and final Florida player that we brought in. And it's actually funny when I'm looking at 247 Sports actually right now. Um, between Makai Mason was ranked 145th in the state. Jeremiah Wilson, 148th. And uh, Belazar Bassett, 149th. So... Between 145th and 150th, we got three. Out of, and, and like I said, Florida, they put out really, really good, a lot of really, really good players. Um, you know, Jeremiah Wilson, he seems a little short, but they say that his his arms are, um, his wingspan is big for his size. 5'11", 175, I, I expect him to be pretty damn quick, too. Oh, yeah, real, real fast. This is another guy when you talk about the speed and, uh, again, just a ball hawk. I mean, you talk about... A rover type player, like again, uh, when I watched his tape, it kind of reminded me of Cordy. Remember Cordy, just mm-hmm. like a just a <laughs> just a fireball, just just cannonball going after the player, going after the ball, no matter what. And uh, like you said, I mean, when you, when you play like that and you're a ball hawk, then you know sometimes good things happen, and sometimes you take uh, some risks, and some bad things happens. But again, he's an athlete, gonna have to you know bulk up and everything, but definitely brings speed to that uh, secondary. One of the top players out of New Jersey, too, is LaQuint Allen, another running back. So, look, we've, we, we went from being very, very, very thick at running back to pretty damn thin. Cooper Lutz leaves, right? So we are extremely thin, to say the least. Um, LaQuint Allen comes in at six foot 180, some, some decent size. So other offers from Pittsburgh, Rutgers, and Virginia. Um, now... A decent backup, Joe. I mean, what do you what do you think? What what are your expectations as far as Allen goes for twenty twenty two? I mean, that's still. I would hold on that one. Uh, would you? Just because, yeah, because uh, I'm looking at it like it's a different kind of back, right? I think Josh Huff's going to come in, but that's you know he's a a, a big kind of you know power uh, yes, back, right? Yes, yeah. And uh, Sean Tucker's a little bit different, and um, after that, there's LaQuint, right? So. Um, and it's always hard to rely on a freshman, uh, no matter what the position is. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really honestly looked at this position as another position where we might be able to get someone from the transfer portal. Uh, I don't see a situation. I mean, I personally think that that's what should happen. I think that no matter what, even looking at it right now, you have to have more than three running backs. So, um, it's, I mean, it's going to be up to him to show up and, well, this show out once it comes to, but I mean, he was the Gatorade Player of the Year in New Jersey. Exactly. So, and and also, I mean, we've got we've all got to basically come to the realization that we are extremely lucky to have Sean Tucker come back for 2022. I wouldn't expect it beyond that. 
So a guy like Allen with, like you said, you know, potential behind Huff, who, to be honest with you, I totally forgot about. And shame on me. But Huff is, you know, with the tree trunk legs. I mean, he's a beast. I don't think that Allen has the physicality, and I don't, I don't think he has the speed of Tucker because, I mean, Tucker in open space is just fast. And I don't know if I saw that. But um, de- development-wise, I would be excited about LeQuint Allen. So yeah, I mean he's our highest rated player. Sixty two four seven sports has okay. yep two four seven sports has him as the high, our highest ranked player, um, as nationally seven hundred and seventy ninth uh, position, sixty first best running back. Um, so I mean, and when you if you want to look at it like that, but again you also have to look at it like it's a running back that you we know you have Sean Tucker coming in. So realistically, I mean if I'm Babers, I want to bring in a couple maybe more experienced backs and. Uh, Use Josh Huff in a different way, um, and possibly possibly redshirt him <laughs> unless he sh- unless he shows something that you know you need to have him on the field because right. that's what it's going to take when you're talking about a position against Sean Tucker because we had Cooper Lutz and some other guys that have shown Abdul Adams that they could do some stuff on the field and they barely got any playing time so um, right it's going to be tough to get playing time with with Tucker running the ball the way he did but. We're lucky that's to have him I mean. back. That's why yeah. I see it's a situation where I can see it's, unless he can if, unless he can come in and actually help the team win, or like Tucker gets hurt or something like that, um, then, and I mean I'm not saying he can't help if Tucker wasn't there, but because Tucker's there, then unless it's beneficial for them and they need him to win, then I don't see any reason why they wouldn't retro this guy next year. Chad Schuster, offensive line six six two eighty. Look. Same exact size as Joe Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh, other offers, Bowling Green, Buffalo, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Toledo. So, Jay. yeah. I yeah, mean, this guy, I mean, it's, it's a little bit different when you look at the, like I said, they, they picked up these two offensive tackles knowing that after a couple years and getting them to what they, they need them to do, then they're going to be able to help us. Now, Chad Schuster, still a very athletic. Um, very good in the uh, run defense, finishing blocks, pancaking guys, and also in the screen, the screen game. Um, but again, there's um, certain agility things. Like he's fast, like as far as athletic, he's fast for a line, uh, lineman. But there's still some movements and some level things that you know Joe Cruz has that he doesn't have. But they, I mean, they both have things that each other doesn't have but they still are incomplete and you know obviously gaining weight and strength and and you know becoming more complete players is is what those guys need um and again uh, i think he's a pretty good get but i don't see a a situation where him or joe cruz help on the offensive line for at least two years right exactly um one of the top defensive linemen in the northeast dennis jacquez uh, defensive end, 6'4", 240, Boston College, Maryland, Northwest, Rutgers, Texas, A&M, some other offers out of New Jersey. Um, by the way, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest as well. Um, what did I say? 6'4", 240. Yeah. Yeah, this guy was the flip. Uh, we didn't see him coming, and he, uh, you know, he's Deuce Chestnut's from New Jersey. He's buddies with Deuce Chestnut, and uh, he was uh, – going to Northwestern and he ended up uh, flipping coming here. And although he's only the, uh, the third best player, um, by two, two, four, seven sports, um, on our, uh, in our recruiting class, I mean, that's a pretty good get when you look at it. If we get a guy flipping the day of, 
and he ends up being our third player. I mean, we had three players, according to 247 Sports, ranked in the top 1,000. And uh, LaQuint Allen, Dom Foster, and Dennis, Dennis Jacquez are those three. Um, now, he's not ranked the highest, but as far as position rank he is, he's ranked 54th best pos- um, edge rusher. And um, we know that that's the kind of stuff that we need. This guy looks actually kind of perfect for the defensive end opposite the uh, the linebacker that we normally you know put out there in rush in the three three five. So um, this is definitely a really really good get, and he's already got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the athleticism. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, with the guys that we lost in the situation with depth, um, this guy right here, I'm looking at. Um, to probably fill in so far over the players that we've talked about probably the most. This is the one guy that I, out of everyone we talked about so far, this is the one guy I expect on the field helping uh, uh, more than anybody. Yeah, I mean, someone, there's got to be someone to step up and, and kind of unless, fill the unless void. Dom Foster, unless Dom Foster goes on receive, to a receiver and just kills it. But, I mean, those are the two guys right there. And the same with LeQuint. If he, if he shows that he can take some some carries and get some some uh, screen passes and some running back passes and third down back type stuff. I mean, those three guys are, are the cream of the crop as far as our recruiting classes so far. And um, yeah, Dennis Jacquez, he was a, he was a great surprise, and, and I'm really happy, especially considering the lost players that we have from the defensive line. Syracuse's first transfer portal get is Braylon Oliver, defensive back, six two two ten. That's a monster. For, mm-hmm. for DB, man. So he's going to be coming out of Louisville, which is awesome, because as much as I hate to lose him in conference, it's twice as sweet to gain one in from in conference, <laughs> right? Uh, he was yep. committed from the transfer portal to Oregon State, and I guess it was a verbal commit, obviously, and he, he made his way over to Syracuse. So uh, kudos to... Maybe it was an ACC thing, I don't know, but kudos to the coaching staff for that. Out of high school, he was pursued by Arkansas, Georgia, Florida, Florida State, Oklahoma, Tennessee, uh, among others. So, um, Joe, obviously a little uh, much needed. You got some experience now with this guy. And having, you know, hopefully Garrett Williams comes back and we got Deuce on the ends and having, you know, safety in there in between is going to be key. So, Right. Um, much well, needed. And that's the thing, right, too, is like we look at Coley and we've seen Coley, big guy, but kind of struggles in, in, in pass defense, right? Jason Simmons, kind of the same di- situation, right? And I mean, I, I like Jahad Carter. I mean, they, they go out there and, and I mean, they're just not, I mean, this guy comes in and he's automatically bigger than most of the guys that we have as far as safety goes, right? Um, he was highly recruited and obviously he didn't like what he saw at, at Louisville, whether it was the depth depth chart or coaching or whoever and um so yeah this is a really really good get uh and to flip them too from oregon is, is it and to flip them from oregon state let's just put it this way in comparison uh, oregon if you state, look at yes. if you for instance sorry um if you were to look at his high school 247 sports rating he would be the highest rated player on and our he'd be our best player in the recruiting class so just because he's a transfer been out of high school for a, uh, a year, uh, still got, I think, three or four years of eligibility. So this is definitely a, a good get, and he's already got the size. And, um, you know, this is another guy that I think is just going to ramp ramp up this defense a little bit because I think that, you know, our safety play as far as uh, – 
being able to do uh, one-on-one coverage and in, in, in the passing game has kind of hurt us a little bit. And um, I, I look for this guy to come in and shore up. And this is the next guy that I would say I'm expecting um, to uh, play and help. I'd say probably him over Dennis. Probably this guy more than anybody because he's had one year of college and he's got the size and uh, and speed. So definitely excited about this guy too. Donovan Brown, wide receiver. Okay, I was excited about this guy. I don't know. You tell me, man. Um, he's a huge dude. This is mm-hmm. a massive target. Okay, 6'3", 180. Uh, offers from Vanderbilt. I mean, is he an under-the-radar guy, Joe? Do I get excited about this guy? I mean, mostly excited about his size and obviously going to be strong um, off the line, and he's got some speed So yep. for a guy his size. Well, and I'll tell you, some speed, yeah, he's a state champion in track. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, some speed. So he's got a little bit of speed, a 6'3", 180. Um, now, again, you look at this guy. He, when we first – actually, when he first committed – he was um, he was unranked because people really didn't know about him. I remember reading a story about him going to like some passing leagues and some stuff like that, like in the summer and, and you know beating corners and D backs that are you know are like D one commits and stuff like that. And, and we ended up you know grabbing him and you know six three one eighty great size, obviously state champion and in track, uh, and it's not cross country, so he's fast. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this guy also has like a chip on his shoulder. He's just like he's been overlooked. He's been this. He's been that. And again, he had no stars when he committed to us. And all of a sudden, you know, they look at him. Now he's a three star in our according to 247 Sports minus the transfer. We have, you know, the fourth best um, recruit that we have in this class. So uh, definitely a guy that I'm excited about as well. I don't know if he's going to be able to come in because, again, it's just so many times you'll see receivers come in and they lose confidence. But the one thing about this guy is that he's his confidence is sky high. And, uh, again, like I said, he's – What's his strength? It's his strength, man. I mean, you know, you're going to face a lot of these – even these seasoned DBs, they're just not going to be as big and strong as him. I mean, he's no, going to be able to overpower yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's true. And, you know, he can either run past him or he can jump over him and catch him. Which well, the is thing is, is assume, how, right? how bad does he get jammed at the line, right? Because obviously he's yeah, going to well, be using speed. That's part of it as a true freshman, right? And yeah. then all of a sudden it's, it is confidence too. An unconfident sure. player, it doesn't really matter. Um, but this guy, like I said, he feels like he's been overlooked. He's got a chip on his shoulder. And we don't have a lot of receivers. Well, we that, need a receiver. We need someone to step up. Too. But that's what I'm saying about competition. You know, this yeah. guy's going to come in and he is going to compete against some guys that maybe have lost a little bit of, you know, confidence Swag. with. Right. Yeah. So um, who knows what he's going to do to shake stuff up. And again, I don't know if Dom Foster is going to be in that room or not. But um, and who else is, you know, we, like, again, we're, we're doing this show, not not knowing another, you know, 11 to 13 commits. So, um, but as far as right now goes, just getting this guy, I mean, he was underlooked when uh, we, when he committed to us and then, you know, he stayed committed to us because, you know, we offered him when nobody was looking at him and hopefully we um, reap those benefits for sure. A huge problem for Syracuse last year was in the punting game. We talked about it numerous times, beyond numerous. Um, (laughs) It was just cringy. Uh, during the punting situations, it was not. It, I didn't have confidence. It got a little better towards the end of the year, uh, but it did take <laughs> it did take all year, and that's not saying much when I say it got a little Look, bit better. One hundred and thirty-seven so, out of one hundred and forty schools in net putting yards. That's very bad, by my math. 
If I carry the one, <laughs> carry the one, carry, carry the one and the three, and I don't do math. That's... It's 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 low. It's mm-hmm. I had to break out the abacus, it's but bad. it's low. Um, so this is a a huge breath of fresh air for me. Max von Marburg. Uh, look, the dude's punting out of Australia, right? So isn't that a big deal? That's a big deal. I always hear about these Aussie punters, man. And um, played against a bunch. Yeah. So, look, I'm excited about this, and I guess you know if I had to choose my top three, it would probably be um, him, Donovan Brown, and Braylon Oliver. To be honest with you, I mean okay. th- that would be if I had to choose a top three. And then, well, this guy. So, so this guy again. It's hard to get excited about a punter, but remember, I'm a Raiders fan. Punting was a look, big deal. Okay. <laughs> well, look, it's a situation too where after seeing last year, you need to bring somebody in because you'd think that we had two walk-on punters and we didn't know what the hell was going on. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, um, I mean, bringing another guy in, I believe at six foot one ninety-two, like he's probably the um, the bigger punter and out of all three and um you know dino said that they've seen enough on tape to bring them in they just brought a, uh, a new special teams uh coach in and i'm sure he had something to do with it and if he signed off then hey you know yeah at, at, at worst what's wrong with bringing in another guy that's going to be able to compete and put hold a little fire to the feet of these other punters because last year was pathetic it was terrible it was embarrassing 10 yard net on, on more than one, I think it was three. I mean, this <laughs> is freaking terrible. All right, Joe, let's wrap it up. Tell us what you think about Caden Bailey, linebacker, six two two ten out of Georgia, Kansas State, East Carolina. Uh, some uh, some of his notable offers, according to Syracuse SI. I mean, look, not exactly jumping off the board here, but what do you think? So, he chose us over um, Kansas State. Yes. Which is a de- decent school, you know. Um, but the biggest thing about him is, I mean, it's the pedigree, man. I mean, Caden Bailey, his dad, Boss Bailey, his uncle, Champ, Champ Bailey, right? So uh, he's a Georgia boy, two-sport two athlete. And to be perfectly honest with you, when I watched his tape, um, he's, line, he's, he's named as a linebacker. Like, that's his, he's a linebacker, right? But he's down line. So he's like, you know, like Stefan Thompson all the time as a linebacker, but he's Russian, right? Because, you know, with a three-three-five, a lot of times you bring up that linebacker to put four men on the line and you rush and everything like that, right? And it seemed like that's exactly the position that he played for the high school. So I'm looking at this guy, and, I mean, he's got good size. I don't know, you know, if he's as big as Stephen Thompson right now, but I'll tell you what, again, another two-sport athlete, played basketball, and he looked a little faster than him. So um, I know he's only a three-star athlete, but... I'll tell you what, um, I mean, I look at him as minimum helping on special teams, but um, I can also see him being able to, you know, kind of come in and, you know, give Stefan Thompson a breather and, and possibly be able to give us a couple downs a game to go and try to get that quarterback on, on passing downs. Because I'll tell you what, uh, I was pretty impressed. But again, I know it's just tape, but looking at the pedigree and looking at what he can do, he reminded me so much of Stefan Thompson and everything like that. And I know that that's the position they're bringing him in for. Um, whether or not he plays this year or not, uh, I'm pretty positive that uh, as long as he stays, uh, he's going to be um, help in the future for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, everything else that comes 
thereafter. We'll keep you updated. I hope that they reserve some of these scholarships for some some experience. Obviously, this team needs some guys that can be plug and played immediately in some of those Absolutely. positions that we're you know we're lacking. And mm-hmm. like Joe said, I mean, coach has his wish list. Coach coach admits you know we're about halfway there. Um, I'd like to not go into the season with any scholarships on reserve. And yeah, me too. You know what I mean? We we were what fifteen short last year. I mean, wasn't it? Uh, I don't I don't know. But it was close. It was like ten or fifteen, I think. So I mean, we we had a small team last year. I mean, and and everybody was kind of dealing with it. But I just feel like this Syracuse football program, for Dino's sake, they've they've got one more year to make something happen. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. And you know what? Well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into the, to the rest of it, but, you know, maybe not just like Dino's fault, and or, you know, anyway, to some yeah, extent, there's a lot going on, man. Yeah, to you got some new extent. coaches coming in, they're changing. Well, well schemes, I would never so. just blame one guy anyway. You know what I mean? It's easy to do because he's the most. Well, he's the, the man, so he'll take the blame yeah, anyway. Ex- exactly, and that's what leaders do. Leaders take blame, not responsibility. Uh, yep. All right, look. One more time, head to your iOS or Android stores, download the Green Room Spotify app. It's freaking free. Go there, sign up. All you need is a username, an email address, and a password. Follow us at Q's Militia. Sign up for notifications. When we go live, you can get notified, and you can join us there in the Spotify Green Room. You don't have to just listen to us, though. You can listen to plenty of other things and uh, topics from pop culture, music, uh, movies, um, art, dance whatever the hell you want i promise you it's on there um and uh you can start your own thing you you can record your session and what that'll do is all you need is your phone you record your session and it'll send you an mp3 of your recording man you can download that or upload that excuse me to any podcast platform and boom that's all you need the cheapest easiest way to get on this show and do your own imagine that so 
Go to your iOS or Android stores now. Spotify Green Room app. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, look, we're in pause. All right. We're in pause. Everything's paused for Syracuse men's basketball. Got Time some, out. Got some positive cases. And uh, look, New York, this isn't shouldn't come as a surprise. Unfortunately, everybody knew that cases were going to arise as it gets colder and people go indoors. So it shouldn't be a surprise. And with that said, the Dome, uh, the, I saw this over at Noons. Um, some things that should bring fans into the Dome. You want me to give you the list? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would call this article if I was to write it. <laughs> Things to bring fans into the dome. Here's the list. All fans age five and up are required to pro- provide proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. Uh, mm. Proof must be shown at the gate to security uh, entry to the stadium. Newborns, a- newborns to age four do not require vaccination or a test result to enter the facility. Um, okay, guess my five-year-old's not going. Uh, or up. All right. Uh, the courtside lounge will be closed. Exciting. Club 44 will be closed. Exciting. No food or alcohol will be served at the stadium. Water, soft drinks, and coffee will be available for purchase at the cashless registers. Well, are you allowed to bring in snacks, Sean? No, this is like the movie theater, bro. If you bring them in, you sneak them in. Well, I'm just saying, if you're not offering food, you should be allowed to bring some in, eh? Look, this is one thing that's beautiful about NASCAR races. You you bring whatever the hell you want into there. As long as it's in a soft cooler and it's not glass, you can bring it in. You can make your sandwiches, you can cook burgers, wrap them in tinfoil, whatever you want. Um, you know, they're not trying to extort money from everybody. But you should at least be able to bring water in. I mean, even... Even uh, Lane Stadium in Blacksburg let us bring our own water in, and they had refilling stations so you could refill your water. So uh, as far as other stuff, though, I don't know. It didn't say. Uh, Pre-game courtside gatherings will be prohibited. So there you go. Also goes on to say Syracuse also announces the continuation of existing public health policies, including requiring masks inside the dome, which has been a complete failure because no one's doing it. So now... You've got to go back and try to enforce this. It's never going to happen. Uh, depending on, I mean, maybe because of the lack of people. Uh, Syracuse Athletics noted <laughs> that these these changes will remain in effect until further notice. Okay. So. Um, it's very disappointing. I understand it. I am not saying that we, we, we should be playing with positive player, p- players testing positive. But, however... However, the NFL has realized that the season cannot be finished, Joe, unless they make some kind of compromise with the players. The players are fully vaccinated, and they've, they are testing positive. Just like the NFL, I will guarantee you, as young and healthy as these players are, they don't even know they're freaking positive. Most are symptomatic. The only reason they know is because they're being tested. It's because they're being tested. Right. So... By the way, 42 years old, I would not have known unless my wife tested positive because she lost her sense of smell, so she got tested. I said, well, shit, I know I'm going to be positive, but I'm going to go get tested just to be sure because obviously for work purposes, I have to do that, and I don't want to be at work, you know, obviously. I'm not a freaking idiot. So 
in my case, I wouldn't have known. If my wife hadn't lost her sense of smell and tested positive, I would have never known. Okay? Joe, you had it. You were, you were, um, you had a fever and, and, and chills and stuff for about a day, and then you lost your sense of taste. Yeah. And, and, and you would have known eventually, but you, you, you went and got tested when you, when the fever hit. Because of work, right? Because you didn't want to. No, I went and got, it all happened over the weekend. I went and got tested because I lost my uh, sense of smell and taste on the Sunday. So I knew that that was what the situation was. And because I still had mild symptoms, I knew I probably had a chance to spread it if I came to work. Right. So. And, and that, that would be irresponsible of you because you wouldn't right. want to do that. So I tested positive on a Monday and my work said I can't come back for 10 days, even though six days later I tested negative. Okay, exactly. Well, I mean, right. I mean, who knows? I don't know how I, I had a 10-day grace period for me, so I have no idea if it's I... the problem. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Back to my point. We, we, we were just doing yeah, our we personal went. experiences. I wouldn't have known I was positive. My point is that many of these players don't know they're positive. They know they're positive because they're, they're getting tested. What the NFL has decided to do, Joe, is let these players play asymptomatic because... We and look, I get nasty emails every time we talk about this stuff. I went on, mm-hmm. I went on Twitter, okay, and, and let me just let me just say that um, Twitter is a joke. If you're going to threaten to unfollow me on Twitter because I say Fauci's a quack, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then don't, I don't, even then don't, the don't, don't, do don't threaten me. I don't respond to threats. I don't care. I don't need you to follow me on Twitter. I love our listeners here, and I do respect them, and I don't like to get into this stuff on the show, but it, 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 it is obviously affecting the season, so it is the elephant in the room, and if you listen to the show and you're on Twitter, then you know what transpired over the weekend, and all I said was you'll never be fully vaccinated uh, because that... F- Quack Fauci is always moving the goalposts between Syracuse, Cornell, and Lehigh. How many players are not vaccinated? Joe, we all know the answer to that. It was a rhetorical question. And, mm-hmm. and that was all I had to say. But you can't say that. I can read everybody else's stuff on there and everybody else's political views and scroll right by it. But as soon as I post something, people are threatening to unfollow me. Just do it. Don't, don't even waste your time with, <laughs> with the gonna, should I unfollow should I unfollow? Yes, you should. You should unfollow. Because I'm not going to sit here and beg and plead for your bullshit follow on Twitter. I don't care. I don't care. I hate nope. Twitter. I tell you guys all the time. I don't care. It's the not people, a real place. The people who listen to the show, I really do care. I really do care. And I really hope that because you you listen to this show that here's the thing. I disagree with a lot of people and their thoughts on the vaccine and their thoughts on Fauci. But you know what? I respect them. I don't trash them or call them names, which I was called names and called an airhead and called... No, you respect you, the personal decision, I respect right? personal people's. Opinions. I respect people's personal opinions. I am, I am not a hateful person until... But I'll tell you what, you come at me and I beg for that stuff sometimes because I miss it because I don't do it on Twitter. <laughs> but but the people who listen to the show I do respect and I do love you guys and I res- and I and I would never I would never want to get into any kind of pissing match with you about anything but I promise you threatening I've gotten threats before to not listen to the show because once because Joe was unvaccinated and then earlier in the covid stuff about not wearing masks and I'm sorry I don't respond well to that and and, and so anyways with that said 
Um, I just realized that the Raiders were playing. <laughs> and I missed the whole game. So anyways, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I have no idea. I, know, I don't watch I don't, the Raiders. I don't, I don't even I watch know. my Giants. I I know. I don't. I haven't watched the Raiders Look, the much the all day, year, like I but said, I just got a test. situation where we've never been in a situation where we always test people, right? Because you don't get tested or you don't go to the doctors unless you have symptoms. Why? Because if you don't have symptoms, then you can't get people sick. Well, and stop right there because I had said before early in this thing, asymptomatic people can't spread this thing. I was at work for three days probably with asymptomatic being asymptomatic. Okay, not. Knowing, not having any idea, I was around tons of people, and no one, no one. Dude, the got day it. I got sick, nobody. I, I, day I, the day I got sick, I moved, and I was around twelve different people all day moving, and not until about four hours after we moved and everyone left did I start feeling symptoms. Nobody else got sick, so again, people move the goalposts, whatever it is. At the end of the day, there is such thing as viral loads. At the end of the day, the bottom line is is that you can t- still test positive and not be in a situation where your viral load is high enough to pass the virus to somebody else. So right now we have over 100 NFL players that are in safety protocol, and they're asymptomatic. They're perfectly fine. And that's the Omicron. The Omicron. The world's shutting down for Omicron, dude. Okay. It's, It's highly transmissible. We get it. But on the flip side of that, Joe... It's not putting a ton of people in. When it was in South Africa, it wasn't putting a ton of people in the hospital. From and I think I there's like one. There's still zero deaths. Okay. I heard one, but let's no. say it's one. The cases really is what is what everybody's going off of, but it doesn't, it shouldn't be about cases. It should be about hospitalizations and death. Right. And, you know, you get a lot of cold cases throughout the year, and yeah. it doesn't Flu. necessarily trans transpire into 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 hospitalizations and deaths. And with the yeah. Omicron stuff, if it's anything like South Africa, it's going to be pretty mild, but it's going to spread all over the place, right? And so, um, if that's you know, if it's it, it, Omicron's the Omicron cases in South Africa would be like the first. Um, con- control group really is what it comes down to. I mean, to. we can talk about all this, but but like, since when in life has someone been worried about somebody who's sick that doesn't go to the hospital or die? Um, like normally you're sick, okay, all right, well, see you in a couple of days, right? Like, that's, I mean, again, we wouldn't even know if we weren't testing every day and they're forcing people to test. I think the NFL is opening up, and you know what? Um, the people that want to get tested and want to wear the mask, they allow that option for them. But for some of these players, I mean, that's their livelihood. That's their profession. Um, they've been vaccinated. They, they they follow the protocols. They've done everything that that the whole NFL and everybody has told them to do, and still they catch it. They're asymptomatic. They're perfectly fine sitting at home, and they're losing paychecks because they can't play in which a situation where they wouldn't even have been sick and even passed it to somebody else if they didn't take the test in the first place. So I think the NFL is on the right track, and I just hope that um, you know other sports leagues, companies, and corporations and stuff like that can kind of get on the same page. Well, as, it seems uh, like that's my point. It seems like it's getting it's going the opposite, Joe. We went through Delta, which was more virulent and more um, aggressive and the Omicron isn't even affecting the lungs which is good, which is really good it's affecting the throat 
in the nasal passages, right? So, according to the studies that I no, at the end of the day, I I mean, I guess there's got to be a a different way, right? I mean, obviously, if this is what everyone says it is, and obviously the science is changing all the time, the goalposts are moving, and this isn't that right. I mean, you have players that have been vaccinated, you have players that have done everything that they can to follow the protocols and people are still catching it and people are still dealing with this stuff. So at some point, um, you know, the, the rules and the protocols, they got to change a little bit because this just really doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and, uh, as they learn more, then they should be able to, to, um, you know, change those, those type of rules, but to, to do what they're doing with certain players and certain things to where, People aren't even getting symptoms. I mean, we should start doing like what NFL said. They're going to be looking at the symptoms. If you got symptoms, okay, well, they come over here, step over here, get tested, right? Like that's what it is. Yeah, well, you can't play. You have to quarantine. Why? Why? Why make the rest? Just of Just because do of it? a positive test, right? Yeah. And that's the thing is, for the longest time, I think for the last two years, they've just been talking about tests, like you said, but they haven't been talking about people that have been symptomatic, right? Until now, after two years, you know, you got these NFL players that are like. You know, we're losing money. You know, these guys got bonus incentives in their contracts. Uh, you know, you don't get paid if you don't practice, you don't play. And they're sitting at home perfectly healthy with, you know, a small enough viral ro- viral load to where they can, you know, test positive for a test, but they can't pass it to anybody and they still can compete in a good enough way to where they can still play. So at the end of the day, um, you know, it's it's nice to see this type of thing step up. But then at the same time, like I said, um, you know, it's it's for their own personal benefit, and you know that's what they're fighting for, right? So, um, I don't know what it's going to take for other companies and other organizations and stuff like that. And you know, you look at hockey, and they're dealing with a different country if you want to go that route. So, um, you know, there's different things that go with it, but um, you know, it's it's finally a league that woke up and said, "Hey, like we're doing everything you're telling us to do," and uh, it's just not making sense. So. They're going with the symptoms, and, and they know with the science, and with every, regardless of what it, whoever, whatever news organization wants to, to you know, broadcast whatever they want to broadcast. At the end of the day, asymptomatic people, people without, but people without symptoms can't spread it, regardless of what people say. And if you listen to the right doctors and the right podcasts, you know that. Um, well, that's but, just it. It's so polarized now that you know, in in in. We're, people are being pinned against one another based on their beliefs, and that comes from the media, and it comes from bureaucrats, and it comes from politicians, and right. it's and it's too, and it's too bad. And those well, those those three those three entities, by the way, bureaucrats, media, and politicians, have been dividing this country ever since they were introduced to society, and right. that's what they do. And you have to cut through the static and. Do your own research. You have to do your own research, okay? First, it's out there. That's that's people. the first it's thing, obviously. All the data is there. You know, the VAERS report, if you want to get that and download that, you can download that from the CDC website. All of that stuff is there. And um, personal experience is is sometimes not an argument, but it is, it is if you've, you know, like my wife's a pharmacist, okay? As if you didn't know, if I haven't already said it. Uh, I hear stuff every day, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly of it. And I'm not just talking about vaccines. I'm talking about COVID in general. And um, it's ugly. And Joe and I have never come on here and said it wasn't ugly, okay? But the one thing we can say is that when we hear people say, well, it's science, science. Don't you, don't you believe in science? Well, yeah, I do. 
And that's why I've said before that asymptomatic spread isn't a thing. And it has proven throughout this whole thing to not be a thing. And that's why the NFL is doing what they're doing. And so what it is with a lot of these big entities like the NCAA, Joe, is to they don't want to be the first. So the NFL's, right. the NFL's paved that way. We're going to be the first. Okay? Now it's everybody's, it's, it's everybody else's, the ball's in everybody else's court right now. I would have never thought that the NFL would have been the ones to do this. But well. let's be honest. They were hit. Everybody's been hit. The pockets have been hit. This decision yeah. by the Dome comes from the athletic department, I believe. Uh, if I remember right. Yes, I think it did. And, and so, you know, what's, what's Wild Hack doing? I mean, wh- wh- where's the spine on some of these people to, to, to say, you know what? Let's, let's, okay, all right, look. You want to wear the mask? Wear the mask. Okay. We have to wear the mask. But you're having five-year-olds... And in, in, in stuff require proof of vaccination. I mean, this is this is total madness, okay? No. And all you're going to do is kill your freaking ticket sales. You're going to kill them. You're going to kill attendance. You're going to kill the sales. You're going to you're going to kill the atmosphere that we that we've had. Can possibly this kill is, future this is, fans? This is this is yes, very true, Joe. And this is a decision that should be on the people who go to the game. If you don't, if you're scared and you want to go to the game, then don't go to the game. We're never going to get an accurate idea of why there's no asses in the seats. Is it the is it the protocols they put in place, or is it people that are scared? Probably a little or bit of both, right? Is it the product on the field? Is it right? That you're well, not, uh, serving beer and food. Uh, I'd say I'd say a little bit of everything. If we're being fair, right? No. But, but if you don't change anything, like you but said, you, you don't can't, know what the cause is. If you don't make it better to, or easier to be there, you'll never know. That's auto, by the way. You can't, yeah. he, you can't and the problem is, too, is, is that, like, again, you're banking on, you know, NFL, that's all personal gain, right? As far as when it comes to the owners, the coaches, and the players, right? But when it comes to, you know, college players and the college and everything, with NCAA, it's proven that, you know, they care more about lining their pockets than, you know, the health and safety and, you know, the kids, right, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a situation where, you know, I, as sad as it sounds, I don't need, as long as there's somebody else that's putting enough money in the NCAA's pockets to make them enforce these rules, then I don't see a change. And it's sad but true. I don't either, and Coach has been awfully quiet on it. We haven't heard his thoughts unless I missed it. Um, I don't know. Have you heard anything, John? No, I haven't heard anything. No. Okay. So um, his silence is deafening on this. I think he has, like, legit pull. Uh, I don't know what Wild Heck's doing. Uh, As I said before before I did the second read there, talking about other, other people to blame other than Dino Babers. I mean, look, it's time to take a look at John Wildhack and some of the stuff that he's doing, in my opinion. And I don't think it's anything egregious. I just think that people are scared, like I said, to be the first to, to do things. And sometimes you just got to gotta have some better information, I think. I don't Look, has there been a major outbreak in the Dome? I mean, there hasn't been, like, there hasn't been a ton of masking. Come on, cat. There, there hasn't been, there hasn't been like masked up people in droves inside the dome, right? No. Okay. But you got to look with your eyes, right? Like at the end of the day, they've done the vaccines, they've done the social distancing, the protocols, the masks, they've done all this. What has changed? What is different? 
well, a, vi- a virus gonna virus, bro. That's the. <laughs> That's, That's the, my point, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, what is different? Why are we still going and doing these things when we know that what we should be looking at is the early treatment? Because it's perception. And looking at people with symptoms, because right? Because they like, don't. That's what we should be looking at. Right. And people, people don't want to be criticized for having a lackadaisical approach to this because then they're going to be called murderers. And that's what we do. We demonize people who who are, 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 you know, deep, look at Florida. Look at the governor of Florida. They call him Roth, Ron Death Santis. And like, hello, just look at his numbers. It's not even close to true. So uh, it's mm-hmm. a no win. It's a no win. I'm sure I'm going to get nasty emails and people are going to, are going to, nope. you know, hate, hate us now of because day, of, look, because of our opinions to, on you it. You can listen to what the media is saying, or you can actually look at it for yourself and look at your eyeballs. Hey, there's, look, there's stuff out there that literally tells you the truth and literally things are being reported the exact opposite. They're just banking on American citizens Ign- to ignorance. not go and do their own homework. So yes. that's just what it is. Every you day. can get all upset. You can do what you want. You can unfollow the end of the day it's got to be a conversation without being over emotional and you know that's just where it is you know we respect everyone's opinion and we expect the same in return yeah i would never i would never be egregiously rude or nasty or call you names right if you approach me in a well that's one of the things right it's like we're, we're just speaking our opinion we're speaking our minds right in in, in what we think and we're not individually, you know, pointing it toward anybody. And I haven't you know, said now any. If somebody I wants to take it personal because they don't agree, then that's something different. But at the end of the day, if you don't agree with what we're saying, guess what? We just want you to know that we agree with your opinion and what your choice was too. Just even if we don't agree, but we're not going to sit there and and pass judgment and and be nasty about it. I read stuff. And we respect the same. Yeah, I mean, we expect expect the same respect. But but that's not how things are. And that's fine. No, no and so, not, in the, and, not in fake Twitter world, no. No. People can hide behind their, 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 their keyboards, so they're going to... Well, you're right, say, but... Twitter's well, we going to tweet. We've, we've, we have a lot of listeners that only that are not on social media that only listen to this show via podcast. And I have gotten those emails. And they tell me, hey, I'm not on social media. I listen to the show, and I don't appreciate X, Y, or Z. And we've, no. we've had those. But... You know, you always hear. I we do get plenty of positives ones, but the, yeah. you, you you get more negative than you do positive because when that's pe- fine because when people are upset and they reach out and they have something to say and that's fine. And uh, by the way, everybody has been pretty respectful, pretty if respectful they reach out via email, via email, right? Like, yes, that's fine, right? Right, but in public on Twitter, which is not a real place, right? Um, but if you decide that you don't want to listen to us because I chose not to get vaccinated, then I mean that's that's your own choice. I mean, go for it. You're not going to change my mind. I'm obviously not going to change yours. I mean, we're supposed to be sitting here talking about sports anyway, right? But no. at the end of the day, like we've chose to, like, we're not backing away from this topic anymore. Like I think we're both done, and you guys can either choose to to listen or not. Is really what it comes down to because it is affecting sports. And um, we're going to talk about it. Right. It's a part of sports. So if we were to sit here and say, you know, push the vaccine and push masks and push mandates and push fans out of the stadiums, and that would be okay with a lot of people and they would agree and they'd be fine with it. But as soon as we take a different stance, it's all of a sudden, you know, right. the, you know the worst of the worst is, is thought of us. And look, um, we appreciate everybody. I can't tell you 
how many private conversations I've had and how many times I've said on the podcast I appreciate all you guys that listen. Absolutely. I don't I don't give a crap, by the way, about the Twitter followers. Obviously I have more Twitter followers than we do listeners. And I, I don't give a crap if they want to unfollow. But I, I want to let you know that that I do scroll past stuff all the time that I disagree with. But I respect everybody's opinion, and I don't want to get in a pissing match. Then, after all, this is a Syracuse sports podcast. We have a we have on the show avoided talking about anything controversial for quite some time because there hasn't been a reason to do it, and there is no reason to do it unless it affects the sport, affects and it affects the Syracuse program, which is why. I took to Twitter the other day, which is why we're having this conversation now. And um, we never would just come on here and start ranting about politics. By the way, the thing that made this political, unfortunately, was the fact uh, that there was that Trump was president. So that's how it became political. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they jumped all over. Everybody jumped all over the chance to be make it political when Trump when it's happening under Trump. And, um, you know, he was coming out with the vaccine. I do remember Joe Biden and even Kamala Harris talking about they're not going to take the vac- the Trump vaccine. Okay. And now we're supposed to take it or we're murderers or whatever. So it just is, it's, it's madness, guys. Like, we're all freaking Americans. Let's, let's be Americans and push past this petty bullshit. And, um, you know, as soon as, as soon as the program starts back up i think they're going to start back up against georgia tech at least i would expect it joe i haven't heard anything else um not yet nope the be the 29th which is uh saturday right would it be yeah it'd be this saturday after christmas right no it'd be tuesday after christmas correct you got Man. a calendar? It would be. Uh, it'd be Tuesday. I have no idea. I it, don't even know what day it is. I'm so damn it, it, busy. It'd be. It'd 29th be, is a Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. All right. That makes more sense because that's. Makes right. sense. It's math and all that stuff. It's math and all that that stuff and carrying the one and whatnot. And Christmas yeah, yeah. is on a Saturday. So, anyways, yeah, that makes sense. So it's a Wednesday. Yeah, so yeah. we'll see what happens after Christmas. And by the way, after that, this cat's driving me nuts. So we got to go. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know how he got in here. Uh, and after that, <laughs> it's a ghost. I, I'm serious. I don't know. He wants to go outside, and he's not allowed outside. So I don't know what he's doing, and he doesn't usually get like this unless there's a female out there. So there must be <clears throat> some cat out there. It's anyways, cat calling. Yeah. All right. Um, anyways, look, guys, we love you guys. Um, I hope uh, we didn't step on too many toes, but you know, um, if you want to send me a nasty gram, that's fine. If you're gonna unfollow or stop listening, that's fine. But uh, yeah, just if you want just, to have a conversation, just, that's fine. Exactly, that's fine too. But the best place to do it is uh, cordially on email at Cuse Militia. If you do, or hell, you can come in and fan feedback and talk about it. At some point, it's still going to be a topic because I feel like we're going to struggle with this all year. Uh, if the rules don't change, this is going to get worse before it gets better. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, with that said, we will be back as needed. I guess what we're going to have to do is just keep our eye on these games. And uh, my brother-in-law thinks it's not going to be for months until we see Syracuse back on the court. I totally disagree. Um, hey, Merry Christmas. Yeah, way, we got Georgia, Georgia Tech on the horizon. Everybody, hope you have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy the time with your families. We'll be back here as soon as possible for Joe. I'm Sean Rock.